0: The Spin Off Podcast Network.
1: Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. The Investment Fix Podcast. Tune in today.
0: Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, Jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. If you've already made one disgusting photo of me public, you can't make more like Heinous events of that night.
1: That is not a disgusting photo.
0: It is so bad, you and were... you both look so good, and I look so repellent, and You, you look fine. so
1: great. In fact, <laughs> I, you, I wish you, you know looked like that th- right
0: now. Oh, my God.
1: Was this our dinner party fallout yes. right here?
0: <laughs> yes, it's happening right now.
1: Welcome to The Real Pod, my name's Jane Yang, I'm joined by Duncan Grieve in the studio and Alex Casey has got a case of the unwells. Yeah. She's not with us.
0: It's very sad.
1: I think um, we'll get to My Chemical Romance, but we did all go to My Chemical Romance over the weekend. We
0: really went to (laughs) My Chemical Romance. We
1: really sent it, didn't we? And Alex had been threatening all night that she was going to vomit from excitement and I just think this is a delayed reaction. And
0: it didn't. Even feel made up.
1: No, I was like keeping my distance.
0: Yeah, but even like like at the we had like a a little pre-drink, a little pre at in my in my back garden, and um, she, she later looked jittery. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, this is your reality TV recap podcast and pop culture in aotearoa as well. We'll cover off a little bit of that being my chemical romance. Um, Samuel is with us behind the desk. Kia ora, Samuel. Kia ora. You were also at MCR, I found out after I the
0: fact. was at MCR. Did you have yourself a time? Did you enjoy it? I loved it. Like, I know nothing of Goodnight Nurse, but they were awesome. The milkshake cover is legendary. Um, and Gerard Way is so goddamn sexy. He's such, like, he's old school God-mode front man. Like, they, yep. I can't really imagine another one manufactured, like, him for a band. Like, that's just not where the culture is.
1: And, like, the fact he was able to do that on the jet lag and they've been touring for so long well, and he's 45 years old. They haven't done a show since October last year. So, oh, really? But, you know, in the greatest scheme of life, they've been touring for so long. Fact check. <laughs> <laughs> I only know this because we were all busily checking setlist.fm. Set set setlist.fm. <laughs> Um, in, the, in that cool old person way of preparing yourself for a gig these days Anyway, anyway, um, I think we should cover this off in Real News In Real News this week, we went to my chemical romance on the weekend And it was a very real pot of fear from start to finish um, You look like you don't think it was
0: No, it really was, <laughs> it really was like I'm, I was like acutely conscious that it was like you know it was the best of times, yeah, me and too. And almost to a fault, mm. like like you know that that sensation you sometimes have where you're you're struggling to re- experience the thing because you're trying to record it or something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. And so often you know the best nights come out of a night you think it's not going to be that great, and the worst nights come out of a night you have so much anticipation and excitement for. But I was just gonna, I was refusing to let the latter happen. I was like, yes, I'm excited and I'm geared up and this is going to be a great night and I don't want the curse of the great night anticipation. I'm just not going to let it happen. So it was one of those rare unicorn events where I was like, I was that excited and then it was a great night.
0: absolutely delivered on every single piece of it.
1: And it was the first time, I think, the three of us went to a concert together.
0: I feel like it must have happened. We've been (laughs) been 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 a thruffle for a long, long time. I know, but I
1: don't feel like we've been to... A concert, uh, anyway, we um, we started out as you said at, at your place, and that was a lovely time. It was very reserved given that we're now all it, very, very old. Well, but and also, everyone just
0: seemed really like keyed up, you know, <laughs> like w- with hindsight, there was just a lot of nervous energy pinging around, you know,
1: and we were just trying to act like life was normal, but we, it wasn't normal. So, we were all covered in well, we weren't all covered in eyeliner when we arrived, most of us were. But then, Duncan, you had your daughter come and uh, give you a wee beauty treatment with a live yeah. audience
0: yeah so so robin my my thirteen year old daughter has become like a huge makeup obsessive, like does it multiple times every day, she's really good at it, I think, <laughs> not necessarily good at applying it to others though, as it turned out. <laughs> but also uses like the most industrial strength cannot be sandblasted (laughs) off. It was like, I mean, I'm glad I did it because it seemed to mean a lot for her and it certainly provided... Like, more than enough entertainment for my friends and colleagues, but...
1: I think you did a wonderful job. It was very, very funny watching it happen right in front of us and your facials were brilliant. Don't worry, documented the whole damn thing.
0: Well, there's a shot which you, you know, kindly and without consent put into the um, real pod corner, which just has the... Like, it looks like, you know, sometimes you see a shot of, like, the singer from like Twisted Sister or something <laughs> with like two young fans who like who like them like Twisted Sister really like ironically. Like it's just giving that in the worst way. <laughs> I just look so washed up and tragic and you and Alex look so young and vital and like <laughs> I don't know.
1: Oh, that's so accurate. But no, I think – but then we get there, right, and like everyone has gone. To, I'm like where have you – emo's been hiding for the last 18 years because it, it it didn't look like people were dressed up for the show it looked like people who dressed like this all the time were at the show it felt like emo mecca yeah mm. it was and I'm like where are you are you hiding in culverts and sewers and just like come out for the show because I don't <laughs> see you around the way that we used to
0: but I wonder if because it was you know the quintessential emo band playing here for the first time in, in a long time. Um and but more than like and so as a result, I feel like it had enough gravity that it was sucking them from around the whole country. <laughs> yeah. Right? Like it wasn't just It was a vortex. It, yeah. And I think that that was the thing. Like I was fretting you know, as we all were, I'm sure, um, beforehand uh, you know, had outfit changes and all that But you get there and you realise One of the most beautiful things about emo as a culture Which I was always, like, basically a tourist, and you know
1: mm, Me too. Uh,
0: uh, Is that it is so phenomenally accepting Like, it seems to have, like, quite intense rules And, you know, recall some of the Sort of hardcore, sceny, you're in or you're extremely out Vibe of the 90s that we grew up in, Jane But, like there the 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 difference is you know, you know it was just incredibly welcoming it felt like
1: yeah and we there were just like it's not like there was any one big thing that happened to make it a real pot evening there was less, like a whole lot of pepperings of things like um you know we even down to like organizing the car ride there you know i turned up with my seven seater mum vehicle being like i can take everyone we can park at work and walk from there it's all going to be fine and then ultimately it ended up like Two people in one car, two people in another, you in an Uber Like for I can't even bother getting all into blew it. It, all it blew up. it all up. But the it, like Chris Parker has done one of his like funny videos about people trying to organise car trips to and from places, you know, in a family situation. I was like, this is just exactly that. We are living this right now. Had it all planned, blew it all up. It was all very rebellious of us. Um <laughs> taking several cars. And then like Parked at work, I thought it was such a genius idea, and just walked the whole way there passing empty parking spots. <laughs> but
0: they were really close parks. I route. Uh,
1: <laughs> and then we get there and we walk in and they do the bag search and the woman pulls out my perfume. It's like, you can't take this in. I'm like, that is a very expensive bottle of perfume I was given by someone very special to me for my birthday and she was like, You can't take it in. I was like, Smell so what, it, what it's about, perfume. What they also to, like what, were like dubious of my eclipse months. I'm like, I'm a graying forty four year old mother of three who doesn't drink. I'm not sneaking vodka via a perfume bottle into the gig. So how did this play out? She sort of eyed up her boss, and he sort of gave a subtle nod. And they, but they, but they looked at me like I was the scum of the earth, like they, they, like I was getting off a, a very serious murder charge.
0: I'm glad you carried it in. Well done.
1: Um, and yeah, so then we, we get in. We, me and Alex hit, hit the not. Well, I wouldn't say the mosh pit, but we went in reasonably central. And then there was a flurry of exchanges via text as to where you were. All of those sorts of things. Just classic gig stuff. Um, I couldn't see a damn freaking thing. So I came out to the Outer Edges with you and it was good. It was
0: great. It was just a perfect show.
1: And then. Good night
0: nurse no. were amazing and MCR were.
1: Yeah. And then we had. World. On the way out I heard a couple of people saying something really funny. This guy was like, we've got to remember it's not Slayer. Like these people aren't as angry as Slayer fans. They're like. They're, like, sad, not angry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a really great (laughs) distinction. But
1: then there was the after party. We did go
0: to the after party. Just before then, I just do want to mention, uh, got recognised by a couple of cornies, including Caitlin, who papped me, and then was, like, in classic. uh, They they were were both within 30 seconds, and it was extremely cool, and it was very, like, I'm a corny and I'm sorry, and, and, like, I'm profusely sorry, but I'm like... It is such a joy and an honour to be recognised for our service mm. uh, in an environment like that, so please never.
1: No, never. Well, do apologise because that's the yeah, calling that's card. that's the whole point. That's the whole point. But I haven't the... had an I'm a corny, and I'm sorry, I'm the only one. Never. Never. I've
0: had so many. You don't get I... out that much, though. I had one recently. Oh, for I <laughs> got recognised for the real pod. Um, I downloaded Hinge. Uh which is the new dating app. I've purposely not told you guys this for this you have moment. Now. Um Downloaded Hinge, my first ever match on that great app. First message, are you Sam that produces the <gasps> Royal Pod? <gasps> Worth it. Wow.
1: Worth it. And I obviously you two are getting married now.
0: Oh yeah, the next week. The you guys, uh, Duncan's officiating. Fantastic, that's right. I'm, I'm the Jesse of this whole situation.
1: Um, that's amazing. Yes, please, please, someone spot me out and say that to me. That would be really nice. It would just make me. Feel I feel like better. you're
0: also like the most recognizable.
1: Do you know? I was talking You've been to. On... God, I know, right? Treasure Island. And I know, and I go to all these things, and I'm like, oh god, the onslaught.
0: You, live, you lived in LA. Once? I
1: lived in LA. The onslaught of people that. Are you know going to recognise me from Treasure Island. Do you know how many people have come up and said to me, hey, I love you on Treasure Island, hated you. anything with the words Treasure Island in? How many? Exactly zero. No! Exactly zero. Apart, apart from people I already know, like mums at school, who, that doesn't count. I haven't had a stranger come up to me and oh, mention it at all. Why is New Zealand? It's, I'm pleased and very disappointed. <laughs> I did get a, a DM slide, though. I told you about That's that. That's right. Yeah, yeah, I know.
0: I've seen the grab. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we went to the after party.
1: Yeah, so I was going to go home. Duncan promised, you know, I've well, the, the words all... I heard were, I've got us all on the door <laughs> for the after party. Yeah, but look,
0: this was a promise by proxy. Um <laughs> from from Sharon Casey, who was... Uh,
1: having a great time.
0: Having a great time. And uh, and look, it was a great time. I don't think it was an official after party so much as we all just showed up at Joel Little's um, studio. Before
1: him, I might add.
0: Well, before him.
1: I just think saying you're on the door implies A, a doorless.
0: Well, look, this is what I was <laughs> taught. I, I thought it was being an official thing in the actual downstairs venue.
1: The, the words after party... Also very strongly imply like, a party. This is – you, look, you,
0: you're, you're talking to the you – right. Know, <laughs> we walked into here. a,
1: a lounge-type area like you would have almost in an ordinary home. There was sat a handful of people that we'd just been at the gig with. No yeah, but, sign of the band or no, the provider no of, the, of the venue at no. all. No music. Bright lights. It was a living nightmare. And all the while we're like, they're going to arrive here and be like, what the fuck? And that's exactly what happened because I believe – Joel Little knew we were going to be there. I don't think anyone else in his party knew that, and they all arrived before him. So they walked in, almost went to go sit down where we were sitting and went, oh, what the – and then proceeded in my time there to not – mingle at all. It
0: was fine. Uh, <laughs>
1: you were freaking out because your eyeliner you felt yeah, you, in the cold light of day. I,
0: it was like sandpapering it off. It was pretty tough. And is this was too long? I it is. Like it's definitely was too long. Too long. Anyway, and it, it was lovely time.
1: I ended up having to leave because I got a call saying that my daughter was vomiting blood and I had to like leave the, leave the, the final
0: in. emo real pod, you know, because there's nothing more emo than vomiting blood.
1: Called the ambulance and they were like, this is not an emergency. She's had blood nose, and she swallowed it and she's chucked it out. I was like, you are right. Thank you for your time. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. But, yes, that's the real news. Very real. Very, Very real. News. There are other things. There's so many other things, but, um, you know, that's the that's the nuts and bolts of it. We have retreat week to get into, and that's a hell of a week, so we probably should just do that. I think so. I have
0: four weeks to decide why. I am
1: disgusted at how much you have copied my husband. You <laughs> just
0: fine. Reality check. Before we got to retreat week, obviously we had a commitment ceremony. We had a commitment ceremony. Drama filled. Can I play a little bit of dialogue from one? Oh,
1: please do. Because
0: there was like, there was just something, it just really spoke to me. I've been trying to convince people that it's really important, but uh, f- failing, but I'm going to play it anyway. Hopefully you get it. She thinks you're insecure. How is that going to go? Yeah, there's probably different ways to skin a cat there. Yeah. Yeah. It's that last exchange, you know, because so, so this is John talking to Cam yeah. about uh, Cam's rev- revelations around his <laughs> really terrible mum's, um, you know, thought, thoughts about Lyndall. But... Uh, Cam, in in classic kind of low-key, 900 kilometres from civilization, says that there's there's probably uh, whatever it is.
1: More than one way. More than
0: one way to stick in a cat there. And then John comes in with a, yeah. (laughs) And Cam, after thinking for a while, replies with, yeah. It's just such good dialogue. These two Aussie blokes saying, like, this is more of a guttural noises type (laughs) situation (laughs) than an actual words one.
1: I mean... I can't believe from all of this week's material, that was what you were like. I'm going to grab that.
0: Well, also, like, I had to, it took me ages to, to properly pin it down. And Nikki was absolutely losing her mind at me over this really inconsequential thing. But there's something about that just, that just felt really Australian to me. And I didn't want to miss it. So, um, you, you all understand. You all understand. I, I understand. Jane I, doesn't understand. I don't I, get you it. You all understand.
1: I think also is um, yeah. it's interesting as well that like f- for almost everyone else that that's got unresolved. Like we don't actually get any real sense that Cam knows what to do going forward. But it was in a, it, it was just in the earth uh, for them that the, yeah. that that all happened.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a dude, and I can't do that sound that you're doing. That's good stuff. <laughs> Okay, so at the commitment ceremony, aside from that groundbreaking audio, you've just heard Sandy and Dan leave, rightly so. What an absolute shit show it turned out to be between them.
0: Well, it was just good. The great thing, the big revelation this season is that the experts are actually doing some experting, and far more than I think at any previous season, they are holding the bad lads to account. Mm. And, uh, you know, we, we got to see a lot more of Dan's kind of – they're saying what to me, face, mm. and uh, and I think that 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 is great for the audience. It's great in terms of an absolution for the women involved, and and just generally, I think the show, for all that it is still intentionally creating these these disastrous relationships, it has a little bit more integrity as a result.
1: It does, and I really noticed it in the edit with Harrison this week because even in the voiceover, the voiceover. Artiste was alluding to, well, not alluding to, basically saying Harrison's lies have got him exposed. You know, they're, yeah. they're not being quite so like we are the fly on the wall. Yeah, the nature documentary objective. stuff has yeah.
0: gone a bit, which yeah, is, there, but they still have the tone of that. Yeah. But there is, um, but
1: they're leading the audience in what to believe a little bit more, which is you know much more accurate than we've seen prior. Um, okay, what else happened at the commitment ceremony? I think the only other thing of note really is that Taylor wanted to leave, and Hugo, bless him, (laughs) wanted to keep giving it another shot. Yeah. Um,
0: And that's the whole thing. We also saw the emergence of what would become a running theme over the course of the week, which is new expert just dropped and his name is Harrison.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Harrison is hes lining up to be the the next expert on the couch. Who
0: do you think he'd replace? Probably Alessandra, right, because I think he's just – powerfully sexual. I
1: think all of them yeah. you know. Yeah or, maybe who, you just
0: go down to one you save a bunch of cash. Yeah
1: and you get obviously highly qualified uh, expertise here, much experience with the ladies and uh, just all round nice guy you know the, the, wants uh, the best for everyone really
0: does. <laughs> uh, The only thing, the only issue you'd have is just how affected he is by like the plight of women um, <laughs> how emotional he gets Yeah. so that's That's going to be tough. Yeah, and it's going to
1: be, he's going to be very busy doing all his um, organisational and fundraising work for International Women's Day and so on. So he'll just have to figure out his commitments. Uh, Also, the other one other thing that was kind of just a little bit of foreshadowing, I think, for the week ahead that happened in the commitment ceremony was this idea that Leighton and Melinda were putting on a bit of a facade with their relationship, that it's up and down, they present at the commitment ceremonies. As a united front, but actually there's a little bit of...
0: Do you think, I mean, I, I thought they, you know, I mean, this, this was one of the big talking points of the way, but I like the fact that they have been relatively open even on the couch about mm. the fact that, uh, you know, not always easy for them. And, you know, Harrison, who's very comfortable just giving a version of reality that has no basis to anyone that we've ever witnessed and just, just sticking by it. It got found out in some really spectacular oh, yeah. ways, but we'll get to that. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think in terms of Leighton and Melinda, they they basically got on the couch and explained it. It's like we have this pattern where we have, like, a couple of bad days when it always comes right by the ceremony. So when we're sitting here, we are honestly in a good place. It made sense. I don't think they've ever proclaimed to be the blueprint for other couples in the same way that Bronte and Harrison did this week, um, said that they are what everyone else would be aspiring to. It's just really amazing So we had retreat week. Um,
0: which, is, which is just a crack. Has, this always, has there always been a retreat week?
1: I don't think there always has been, but there certainly has been for the last few seasons. Very it's, difficult to look at that location and not hear – it's not the best pizza party I've ever been to. <laughs> um, it just rings in my ears, and when I see the lake, I think of Al, You yeah, know, yeah, There's a lot of happy memories at this place.
0: It's it's such a good location and and a storied one for the for the mass franchise.
1: There was a little self awareness, I think, or a calling back to previous seasons, and just a reminder that these people aren't don't exist in a vacuum. They have watched previous seasons when they make a play for that that kind of little lodge back house that's like. That's that's the one that you want, and they all go sprinting in like top models trying to find <laughs> find the, the king size bed. Um, and I think it was Evelyn and Melinda, Melinda who become Layton, quite tight. Yeah. yeah, they they got in there, but that fucking massive piano bed it has literal ladders leaning against the bedside <laughs> tables to get up on it. Why would you want that? You're gonna yeah. break an ankle.
0: And then uh, Taylor and Hugo are obviously sprinting, so make sure they get the twin single <laughs> room, the co- coveted twin <laughs> single room.
1: Raising capital or taking your business to the world? Investment Fix has the lowdown on everything you need to make it happen. This season, we're exploring the US market, the opportunities it offers, what it takes to grow a business there, and the best way to approach investors. Join some of the superstars of the investment and business world as they share advice from their time in the US so you can make your mahi count in this massive market. The Investment Fix Podcast, brought to you by Invest New Zealand. Tune in today.
0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member of FDIC.
1: Let's get into each couple, couple by couple. I mean, we'll start off with the ones where nothing really happened, they're just tracking along nicely, which is Oli and Tani. Just lovely. Lovely. Rupert and Evelyn, slowly growing. Things are fine. He's coming out of his shell. Evelyn was quite a main player. This week, but in other people's relationships, and again, just in the best way.
0: Yeah, she didn't have such a powerhouse week. I think Melinda, you know, took that 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 sort of interrogating role. Um, but there's been a little bit of development. They've seen each other naked, apparently, mm. which is which is uh, progress. I still don't know if I completely buy the relationship so no. much as think that they're. They get on fine and they're enjoying being on the show.
1: I don't think they're going to – I think if they make it to final vows, it's going to be – Yeah, it was great. DM me. We'll catch up for coffee sometime. That's you know. right. Um, but Evelyn did – I think it's really interesting that Evelyn came into the experiment with Taylor and then had that blow up with Taylor. You know what I mean? Because like, they were kind of quite friendly to begin with. Um, but she's not at all costs sticking by Taylor when Taylor's being a dick, and Taylor has really been a dick. Yeah, Taylor, as we mentioned, wanted to leave. Hugo wanted to stay. She walked out of the commitment ceremony. She walked out of
0: the commitment ceremony, and this is another situation where if you were to only see what you know, what the experts saw at the dinner party. I think you could have been forgiven for thinking that there was fault on both sides, Mm. kind of thing. So obviously, the experts have a little bit more information than that because they must do. Because Hugo, there's a lot of sympathy for Hugo and Taylor. She's such an interesting character, right? Like, if you put together the worst of Taylor, you know, just a monstrous person, and yet she somehow both seems to be oblivious about about that like like it's almost like she's deleted those scenes but also that hugo somehow can't conjure it or or characterize it you know in in a way you know whether it's at a dinner party or on the couch to, to the point where you're like you've got the material if you just articulated what's happened to you there is nowhere for taylor to hide but because he keeps being unable to do it she's able to kind of carry on this pretense of him being equally at fault or more so mm, at fault, mm. and it's quite it's quite frustrating, I it's find. It's
1: very frustrating, and I think the others find it frustrating because they can see it happening as well. Um, I I think he's a very kind person, ultimately, and we see that when she goes back to Tassie and his only concern, despite everything she's done and despite him her not even telling him that she was leaving, he still is like, well... I hope you can call her clear and make sure that she's okay. And I yeah. hope that she's back with her family. you buy that? Do you think he's just gone all in on being the nice guy? For yeah. The telly?
0: Uh, when, when that happened, I was like, this guy's very aware that he's got a camera on him.
1: Yeah. All right. Interesting. Okay. Um, I don't. Okay, I'll get to. I'll get to. I'm, I'm going to call you out on something in a little bit. Yeah. You and Alex, I believe you are wrong about something, and <laughs> I feel like I have the evidence this week. I have the butt dial to prove it. Great, <laughs> um, but it's not to do with these two. So I'll just, I'll just hold that in. You can just look forward to that. But well, let's talk about the fucking the, the ex the Pound going to Pound down on the daily. Oh,
0: the Pound Town on the daily, the sex bag, the the sex thing.
1: All while Hugo's sitting right there
0: brutal, brutal uh, little exchange.
1: Just an absolute shocker. But then, of course, Claire whips out her fairy cards and is like, you know, it gives gives Hugo just the confidence he needs to, to confront Taylor. Confront is, is a, a funny word to use because he really doesn't. He
0: really doesn't. It's just, I guess I find, like, the the worst stuff Taylor has done You know, around the um, you can never sleep in the bed. Yeah. Uh, You know, some some of the things. You know, you're not a man. You're not a
1: real man. What I wanted was the exact opposite of you.
0: You know, any you know, like all of the stuff. None of it feels recoverable. Like it doesn't feel plausible that 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 Hugo would have any confidence and or like have any kind of even the faintest glimmer of hope. Mm. So when. When that the, the the fairy book comes out, I'm sort of like, yeah, I don't know. Like, they're just, I don't know.
1: Well, he does confront her in his Hugo way, and um, basically says, "Look, there's nothing to show that you're interested in this relationship." And she's like, "Well, Hugo, this is the biggest crock of shit. <laughs> You've become so fragile over nothing." Um, I'm so angry at you. She gets upset when he challenges her in front of everyone else because it makes her look like a bad person and he's throwing her under the bus. It's like, no, you actually really are worse than what he's saying.
0: So much worse. So he's rubbish at it it, kind of making the case. A
1: complete lack of self-awareness on her part of how her behaviour is coming across. Um, and yet she, you know, she gets very upset with him for being quite, like, sort of dancing around the edges of some of the very bad stuff that she said.
0: Is there any part of you that wonders whether she's just got a weird sense of humour?
1: Yeah, and- well, because she's constantly smiling, right? Like, she has this, like, this grin on her face and it doesn't seem like she's taking any of this seriously
0: at all. So, so there's this part of me that wonders whether she does this kind of baiting stuff and th- then and at other times does attempt to jolly it along. Like I'm, j- I'm, she's just such a
1: she's weird and
0: specific, yeah. confusing character that I'm like, did she have like a a savage edit? You know what? What is because you know obviously we're saying like five minutes and it maybe mm. and yet there it's twenty four hours a day. Now everything Hugo says implies that it is that is an accurate representation of the relationship, but sometimes her reaction is so. Like she's so uh, affronted by it. You're like, how can this be? Mm, mm. So just I, like, I, I, like of all the relationships, this is the one I find most baffling. Yeah, I
1: think as well. There's almost a sense for me that she knows that she's saying nasty things and almost wants him to react. Like she wants him to stand up for himself in a weird yep. kind of like. You know, she's mentioned, "I want you to be a man." That that might be part of her wanting him to man. I'm not saying it's acceptable. It's definitely not a defensible thing to do, but you do kind of almost see her pushing the envelope further and further in the things that she'll say. Um, maybe he, she just actually wants him to call her out on it and see a little bit of fight in him.
0: But then even when he does, like he, he sort of does it in a kind of a like this foppish Hugo way. That are just... we
1: starting to sound like her? Yeah, <laughs>
0: this yeah.
1: is terrible. Let's this is a on. terrible Let's take.
0: Move on. Look, they, they, they were. They, they they had their moments for the most part. That was just a bleak, it was bleak non-event s- couple. Uh,
1: yeah, um, we should also mention though that at one point she decides to just lay into Evelyn for standing there <laughs> and having a face, mm. um, and telling her to fuck off. Uh, to which Evelyn wasn't wasn't having any of that, and it ultimately led to Taylor storming off, storming off, and back oh. to Tassie apparently. So just a
0: brief Tazzy detour. Just a
1: detour. When she came to the dinner party.
0: It was an incredible entrance. It was
1: an incredible entrance, but I also could tell from her footsteps it was her. Like, I could hear the footsteps, and I was like, it's Taylor. Taylor's back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that turned out to be nothing either. I mean, Hugo essentially just called it off. She was willing to to hear his apology. He didn't really have one to give because he was like, well, it's over. We're not making it to final vows. So uh, and there's I've nothing got- to
0: apologise for.
1: Yeah. I think she wanted more time in the telly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah, was. W- w- wanted the drama. And, you know, there's there's a part of me that wishes we could <laughs> just have a year round mass pod because I'd love to follow the cinematic universe in all its entirety and be like, what is going to happen to Taylor? Like, is this going to be a smash hit where she gets a big following, can launch whatever it is she, she plans to do? and this this works for her? Or, you know, is she going to get home, watch the edit, and go, oh, this is like a disaster? I don't know. I'm so curious.
1: I don't feel like she's going to get home and say, I think she's going to say, it's a disaster. It makes me look bad. Right. (laughs) I don't think she's going to be like, oh, wow, I behave poorly. Right. That's my read. Do you think that she went back to Tassie for a bit of pound town before returning to the dinner party?
0: Mm, Huge call. I had not considered that.
1: But, you know, possibility.
0: Because she's very
1: sexual, apparently. Well, just know? not just
0: not with Hugo. Just
1: not with you. Literally, everything just not with Hugo. Yeah, because you yeah. know, even the other couples noticed that she was very friendly with everyone else. Um, sort of friendly, affectionate with people, other other fellas, other husbands. A very big long parting hug with our dear friend uh, Cam. Cam,
0: who chased her. There was a little yeah. bit of like, could there be some kind of issue here for like a hot minute there but um
1: i'm concerned really that those two
0: post post show
1: post show or that there's going to be even though they're not returning to the show that maybe did we see any of them in the pre for the couch sessions no, I don't no. Think so. okay. I still.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I've been. I, I've been I concerned still feel too.
1: like maybe it's not the last we've seen of Taylor. Like she's gonna, you know, just intrude of her own accord back in the experiment because she wants the husband she didn't get. Well, they they
0: do do that like complete reunion thing right before the end, yeah. right? Where yeah, everyone comes it's back. It's true. So and they
1: watch the tapes sometimes. I mm, oh, Can't wait. Can't it's gonna wait. be so good. This has been such a great season. Yeah.
0: Again, pre-mourning the end of this too.
1: Yeah. Okay, Duncan and Alyssa, we're starting to see the wheels come off a little bit. I don't know how long this can go on. They need to right the ship pretty quickly before it gets capsized.
0: Well, what's your your take on this? Like, who who, who do you sort of side with if you side with anyone?
1: I side with Duncan.
0: Okay, good. Um,
1: Because... Same. Yeah. um, I think... I can understand where Alyssa's coming from. The only reason I can understand it is because I have been that person. Um, but I've been that person with people who would never address it the way that Duncan has. So I've been needy and felt left out and da-da-da. He comes along and is like... The only bad thing he said was like, I'm sorry, you felt that way.
0: And, and I think that...
1: But so, I think that's excusable in this well, instance.
0: Exactly. Like, like sometimes the... I think that like that kind of there is a sort of an internet thing where that kind of bad apology formulation is taken to to be read as just like a pure insincerity. When if it's wrapped in a whole bunch of you saying the right thing, it just means that you don't really know how to stru- that structure a the sentence, structure for an apology. Like, like
1: you could tell he was genuinely sorry yes. that she was upset and that he was the cause of it. Um, it wasn't, it, that That was my read on it. And maybe poor choice of words, but as you say, it's only a poor choice of words because it's become this sort of phenomenon that, that you don't say, I'm sorry, you feel. Yeah. Um, in a way to divert responsibility to that person rather than whoever well, Owning that. it for yourself. Owning it for precisely. yourself. Precisely. I believe he was owning it. Yeah. Um, I believe that was the intention of what he was trying to say. But regardless, he then was like, You want reassurance? Here's all the reassurance in the world. I want to be part of this with you afterwards. I want this to go all the way. I'm fully committed. I'm sorry I didn't give you attention today. I will give you all the attention tomorrow. Can I hug you now? Will that help? All of these things that I'm like, my God, (laughs) if someone was saying this shit to me when I was being throwing a little bit of a tantee because they hadn't checked in with me all day because they were hanging out with the boys, I would be like... Let's renew our vows right this second. Like, let's <laughs> cut to the chase. Yeah. Um so she's obviously got something I don't know if it's past experience stuff. Um I do think to your point about Taylor and her edit, I think Alyssa there's a little bit of it as well, potentially. The Frankenbiting that has been going yeah. on.
0: It's, the m- it's worse than anything. It, it's is so crazy. all over the place, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I, I do wonder with Alyssa, like, because we've got to this point and it feels like there's been quite a stark and known division. The, the last kind of mask off person was Dan. Mm. And since then, basically, you're either a goodie or a baddie. There's a part of me that wonders if there's one last to Yeah. And it might be Alyssa. Going a little bit Olivia yes.
1: on, on, on it. yeah, Because um, that was a huge mask drop in that season, wasn't it?
0: Well, she, she you know, that her and Jack,
1: Jack, 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 Jackson.
0: Her and Jackson, that's good stuff. Um, you know, we're, we're actually like the model couple for a long time. Mm. And then by, you know, we just, we just had no idea. So, I mean, I'm not saying that Alyssa has that in her, but there's just a little kind of spidey sense that maybe there's something more coming there.
1: Yeah, edit-wise, though, I feel like the bit where she's like, give me more attention, I want more attention, almost sounded like it could have come from a sentence that was began with... I don't want to be sounding like, yeah, you know yeah, what exactly. I mean? <laughs> Just the way that it was edited. Um, but maybe not. But we can only judge on what we see because that's all that we're given when we do acknowledge that perhaps there's some context well, missing. But from and, what we see, it looks like she was being pretty unreasonable.
0: And, and so often with the, with the Frankenbites, they play the audio over some, you know, mm. not, not... You don't see them saying it. So it could even... From and in the moment, you yeah. know, like there's all like this just could be anywhere, yeah,
1: yeah. Um,
0: they're just making a show and they, it's entertaining, and we need to it. understand that very little of it could, 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 yeah, there's so much of it that might not be reality.
1: <laughs> they have a girls' dinner, boys' dinner situation going on this evening, and she reveals to everyone that Duncan's not her type. Um, again, I feel like maybe that's out of context, it may have very well been followed by not like a... not well, not usually my type, but I. I really like him.
0: <laughs> but I, I do I, feel like everyone's reaction, like, sort of, what? Like... Yeah.
1: That's true. And that was obviously the entire watching population's reaction, also, because he's a universal type. Yeah. There's, there's very few men that actually are. He's a universal.
0: Yeah. There's... He's like, is it the
1: O blood group that can give to everyone? <laughs> that's Duncan. That's <laughs> Duncan. <laughs> um, so we're all gobsm- gobsmacked by that. But she'd also just come off the back of having a little tante with him. And I think that that's part of. You her defence mechanism. Yeah, yeah. Um, they, they, and they do that amazing edit between her version of events and his version of events right down to where she's like, you know, and then he was like, well, I'm sorry you feel that way. And he was like, and then I told her, you know, I feel really bad about yeah. <laughs> it. Like the way you put a tone on something really makes a difference. It really does. <laughs> and then we have... We'll do Claire and Jesse because I feel like we should save that big, massive four piece till last. Yeah. Claire and Jesse going so well, like, couldn't be going better. They head to the retreat and share a bed for the first time in ages. Like, they're not rushing anything. It seems like they've paced everything really well and being really respectful of each other. Jesse is. Jesse's running around
0: really naked, so
1: naked, and Full turned around to the girls and took his hand away. Is that? (laughs) Okay, I mean...
0: It definitely isn't in most contexts, but for some reason in that moment, it felt just sweet and long. (laughs) I don't know why. Like, if it had been Harrison doing it, we'd have been calling the police.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But
0: Jesse seemed fine. I don't know. I I don't make the rules. No,
1: I mean, again, we're just watching a documentary here. Um, So everything, the retreat, you know, they're solid as they, you know, they have everything about their time together at the retreat is pretty much... Lovely. Claire does a great job of calling some people out on their bullshit, and quite a, she's she handles things really, really well. It's, always does have that air of I'm telling you because I'm concerned for you. Yeah, and, I and, think, it, and it feels genuine. And it's like when she uses the word "babe," it's affectionate and not like "okay, babe." You know, mm. she has that. She just uh, she's she's not sneering. She's not sneering. Um, but then, of dinner, course, dinner party, dinner come. party, and Harrison's. Realised he's not going to be able to blow up Melinda and Leighton in the way that he'd hoped, uh, which we'll get to. But he's going to have a go at Jesse and Claire.
0: And, and, you know, like he's successful.
1: He's It's like alarmingly successful. And And
0: given, notwithstanding all of the terrible things about Harrison, you know, And this was horrible behaviour because he was just, there there was no function to what he was saying apart from to undermine their relationship and to strike it at a most vulnerable point. What he said, had you wondered it? No. Really?
1: I really believed Claire.
0: I I did too, but I, and I do think that she has affection for him, but I also don't think it's out of the question that she wrote Stay and that the, the thrust of that you know, romance squash and metal guitar riffs week was urgent image rehabilitation, right. given that she was going to be that year's cheating scandal.
1: I think the thing... Well, the season's not over yet, Duncan. I think the thing that we seem to forget as a collective around the dinner table and on the couch and so on when we talk about this cheating scandal, which was not okay. But we seem to have forgotten that Jesse wasn't this Jesse back then and their relationship. Like, I am certain she thought that they were both going home at the next commitment ceremony because he was really awful to her.
0: Yeah, he was. He was, he like, was a nightmare. He was
1: awful, awful. And. There is some context when he said, you know, the real world is what happened with you and Adam that night. And I, you know, we were three weeks in and I wasn't like getting anything like that from you. It's like because you were being a fuckwit to her, truthfully, you were.
0: But there, there was also some element of what he was saying that wasn't actually judging her at all. It was like there isn't that kind of mm. electric physical connection between us.
1: But I also don't feel she's in a position to be able to be particularly forward because he's choosing to sleep in another apartment. You know, I think they need to have they need to have a conversation about where they are at physically,
0: yeah, I just don't think it's happening mm. interesting. And he knows, and Harrison do is just think, casting you, about for some chaos to cause, and he's found some.
1: I still feel like her intentions are genuine, I think maybe you're right, maybe they don't ha- they don't and will not get that physical connection.
0: I think she cares about him immensely, yeah, I absolutely believe that, but I just don't think that's the same as you know. Believes this marriage to be anything more than a, a friendship. Um, a, a TV friendship.
1: What he said made me wonder if he had tried to make moves on her and it hadn't. Yeah. You know, we haven't seen or heard of anything like that in particular, but it did vibe that way. That he's, you know, there is something more that we haven't seen between them. Um, that maybe he just consents that she's, you know, she's fine for a hug, but anything beyond that, no, thank you. Correct. What yeah. do you think is going to happen on the couch? Are they going to go home?
0: Uh, no. I don't. I think they've come this far, mm. and you know that there there the will be some triaging post the dinner party that that allows it to be a sort of a strain to continue. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think that that a couple of hours is enough to derail what had previously been a pretty good run.
1: Okay. Then we get on to, I think we've, that's everyone, eh? No, no, Apart we haven't from, done
0: Lindell and Cam.
1: Oh, Lindell and Cam. What's to do here?
0: I mean, just Cam got his hair down. Yeah.
1: Was... Thought he was the man. I mean, I prefer it up, honestly.
0: I, I kind of liked it.
1: Yeah, well, different strokes, Yeah, you
0: know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there, there was very little uh, to, to say about uh, the pair of them.
1: Melinda, Leighton, Harrison, Bronte. I feel like in a weird other world, these guys could all be like, Couple friends. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Totally agree. I don't know why. They look like they would be, the four of them together would be like a type four, but that's not the case. So as mentioned earlier, we started off the week with Bronte and Harrison claiming to be the blueprint for future couples of how they can turn around a bad relationship to be the most amazing relationship, thanks to hot sex. It's just weird that this is the arc, given the, the whole... Like, first two weeks was about some weird sex experience that was so awful that we don't really know enough about.
0: Yeah, there's something really despicable about hearing Harrison talk about sex at all. Like, He's just got really, really appalling vibes in in that respect.
1: They also tried to recreate the butt dial, like went to the bar tried to prove that there's no way it could have happened, your honour, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Mark Lundy couldn't have driven (laughs) that distance in that time. And I think the thing with the butt dial that we never really got to the bottom of is like, yes, apparently they were out, but we don't know that the butt dial occurred in the Loud Club. It could have been outside. They could have been out having a vape, as we know that everyone seems to be, want to do. Like, there's a lot of uh, corroborating information missing here, um, I think the butt dial happened. I also think that Rupert filled in heaps of gaps. Yeah, agree. agree. Um, Bronte and Harrison think that Rupert just went home and told Evelyn everything and that she they, they came up with this butt dial story. I don't feel like they're the kind of people that would need to do that. I feel like Evelyn would just be like, Rupert came home and told me this happened.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And But also I think just fundamentally Harrison doesn't actually not believe it. Like Harrison doesn't. Harrison's belief system is whatever is convenient for him at that precise yeah, moment. Yeah. So he is aware that he can sort of plausibly question this thing and that it upsets Evelyn. Yeah. Uh, and he just likes to be this kind of provocative guy. He
1: does. Guy. And also it, has, it, it does double duty because it also convinces Bronte. He does manage to convince Bronte in the process Um you know that what he's saying is the the Lord's truth. Yeah, and this is where <laughs> I come for you, and Alex, I'm okay. not coming for you. That's okay. This is where I confront you. Last week or the week before, I was saying that I think that she's fallen for a hook, line, and sinker, and you guys were like, "No, she just wants to be on the telly. She doesn't. She sees right through Harrison." No, I
0: don't. I don't think. I think you did. I don't think we said well, sees right through. <laughs> <laughs> but but. Like, I think that she stuck around and uh, sort of gave it what she gave it because she was on the telly.
1: I maintain that she really wanted. I think there was and an element, look, the you, element. You had a lot of wins this week. The, the element of being on the telly, I think, that she did want was she wanted to have a successful relationship on the telly. I don't think it was just that she wanted to be on the telly for her makeup course. Online courses. Oh, online? But.
0: Makeup course?
1: I think she, I don't think she wanted that necessarily to be her narrative, but I think she wanted a relationship with him. I do believe that. I believe that she fell for his lies. I think we saw heaps of evidence of that. I mean, he's a, he is
0: a very studied emotional manipulator. Like he's not, so, sometimes, like Shannon, for example, absolute monster. But where he was emotionally manipulative, it felt like a result of him stumbling around in the dark mm. of, Human emotions, whereas Harrison it is very deliberate
1: Very, very very he uses all
0: the techniques, I feel like he's studied like pick up artistry manuals, yeah. he knows what it is to do,
1: yeah, and yeah, I hundred percent agree with that analysis um he is the most dangerous kind of person, yeah you know, yeah, and and I we think-
0: see that we see that.
1: Yeah, he's he's ve- it's it's awful to say that someone so gross is so skilled, but he is super skilled at like sh- making conversations, talking in riddles. Like we've seen Lance Savali do that on Treasure Island in a wonderful way, and this is what you know.
0: The di- this the- is the
1: dark side of that when when someone can kind of you can't argue with them, you just can't.
0: Yeah. So okay, so there's a, there's a few kind of key beats we've got to get to there's before ex- I have to go to a meeting. Oh my god.
1: There's the eavesdropping,
0: the eavesdropping, which I think, especially in light of how contrived the butt dialing had been, I could a imagine how when you've had a few glasses of wine, it'll be the most fun thing in the world to go and eavesdrop. Same. And b <laughs> think it was not the right thing to do. I <laughs> know
1: totally, totally. And actually, what they over- I was expecting that to be like huge bomb drops, like I can't stand, you know, like more of that butt dial stuff. But what it actually was that they overheard. Was Harrison doing predictably what Harrison Same does? Saying what
0: Harrison says in public, you which know.
1: is yeah, essentially you know, Leighton, your relationship isn't isn't what it seems. Um, we um, unfortunately Melinda and Evelyn left that conversation before they heard Leighton saying, "Well, I disagree with you. My relationship's good." So they didn't get to hear Leighton defending the relationship.
0: But amazing, amazing, because the, the, in the aftermath, where Harrison says to Bronte that that. Leighton admitted that the relationship was in trouble. Like That is the like an absolute out-and-out lie mm. that he was caught in but actually did its job, you know. Like yeah. Melinda and Leighton had a real proper blow-up up over it. But
1: there was, thankfully, they managed to come together again and Leighton started to see that it didn't quite add up and that he was to support Melinda. And so then when they went to the final night of drunk's, um they we were a united front
0: but there was that little exchange where there's the four of them mm. and basically like they they discover it and brontë seemingly like basically says right outright that uh that Harrison said that and then he sort of makes this kind of out-the-side-of-his-mouth comment about how she shouldn't have done that, you, and then I, she I'll kind of resiles you, from shouldn't. it, yeah. apologises, yeah. yeah. and, like, that's where you suddenly say, oh, this mind-control thing is real.
1: And that's where, yeah, that's where you see the skill because yeah. he, he doesn't just get cross with her. He does a really quiet whisper and sandwiches it between, like, I've got your back and I support you, but I wish you hadn't done that, but I am here for you. So... The important thing that sh- he's getting across, he's doing so surrounded by things he knows will speak to what she wants to hear, that I've got your back, I'm here for you. But the main takeaway here is you've fucked up and you've exposed me.
0: And and, and she seems to go away from that thinking that she's erred. Yes. Which is quite extraordinary. Again, speaks <laughs> to the master manipulator thesis. Which is
1: why I believe that she truly is kind of wanting it to work yeah. between I, them. Yeah, I, th-
0: I think you've... you've, 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 you've I agree.
1: <laughs> Not guilty, Your Honour. And, yeah, so I think the interesting thing with that exchange, of course, was that Bronte was the one who outed him by accident, truly by accident, because she believed what he'd said. She believed that when he said to to her, Leighton says his relationship with Mel is toxic and that it's in trouble and it's not moving forward, so she kind of had, like, the pair of them had been quite smug about that, both, mm. both Bronte and Harrison, about the fact that they knew that this other relationship was in trouble and these were people who had previously questioned their relationship. So they were quite stoked to be able to go in there and stir the pot a bit. But Harrison never counted on Bronte repeating word for word his version of events. And then, yeah, she fell on the sword of was like, oh, I must have misheard it. Uh, what then transpired, oh, we didn't mention Leighton's pants. Yeah, I mean that was something. Are you talking about the flesh coloured? talking pants? about the flesh coloured pants. It yeah. truly looked like he had no pants on, in an extreme meme way.
0: It's really interesting the pants situation for men in Australia right now, insofar as if what we see on Married at First Sight Australia is the current, you know, approach, mm. that is a microclimate. Like that, that is, is really yeah. different to what is happening anywhere. In this country or anywhere else in the world, as far as I'm aware, I
1: feel like it's always been that way though. When you think about like the Australian rock scene has such a look that like you can look at a lineup of rock bands and be like, "That's the Australian one yeah. at any given time. Uh, in the history of music.
0: But, I mean, like, because Harrison wears those, those absolutely shredded, shredded absolutely to hell shredded. jeans.
1: Like, how does he get his feet through Like,
0: And they wear, like, baggy sort of normal-seeming tops, but it's just like you must wear painted-on jeans. I know. Jeans. It
1: just does really odd things for their...
0: But because they're all very, like, muscular it guys... It makes them
1: look, like, top-heavy, right? Like, yeah. not top-heavy, you know, just sort of disproportionately. It's bizarre. It's a
0: really rough old look.
1: Yeah. Anyway, that wasn't what I was actually going um, to say. It's important to note. It's very important to note. But what I was, what happened out the back of that whole exchange between the four of them is that Bronte basically addressed the group, saying, "Do you all think that our relationship's fake?" Everyone does. Uh, only a couple of people put their hand up, um, but it was enough for the seed of doubt it's, to be planted. It's a very
0: milky bar kid. I'm coming down to kind yeah. of situation, yeah. <laughs> like. <laughs>
1: It's not Milky Bar. That's uh, Pixie Caramel. No,
0: no it is, is Milky, Milky Bar. Bar. I'm, the
1: one Pretty where sure. they're all like...
0: Oh, oh, no, no, it's Crunchy Nut Corn Flakes. Is it?
1: It's crunching Nut Corn Flakes. Yeah. It is. Yeah, it is. The cops <laughs> eating it in the car. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that was nice. Um, <laughs> well, very few people are going to understand what we're talking about there, yeah, but if right, you do, that's really, just yeah. a little nugget for you. Real
0: cornies of a certain age.
1: Um, literal. Corn, corn, flakes. corn flakes. flakes. Wow. Uh, anyway... Apparently they go home have a wee bust up, and he breaks up with her via text message because he can't trust her anymore. Which is so wild at every aspect. And he true no, I don't truly think he believes he's the victim. He knows he's a fuckwit.
0: Well, he was just looking for like I think basically he wanted to stay on the show. He wanted like he wanted his version of redemption. He absolutely wants to leave this single and just gorge. Oh, of course on he does his fame. So he was just like, okay, where's the nearest out for me? And it's the most, like, despicably non-anything. And he's just, like, brazens it out. It's like, yeah, I couldn't – it's like unbelievable.
1: Like, his fake crying as well. His fake crying. And Ollie it- calling him out on it oh, – not in person because Ollie's too scared to do that, but certainly in the, in the moments is so true. Like, never – he goes red from – Not from being upset, he goes red from the pressure of trying to force a tear from his eye, and he simply cannot do it.
0: Absolutely, what does not happen? I mean, never has someone who's such an incompetent actor spent so much time acting and being so convinced of of how compelling they are. Like, it's the just extraordinary. The cutaways to
1: the rest of the cast, every time he does this, everyone's just going, oh, <laughs> fucking, are you serious, it's mate? It's quite a
0: weird situation, right? Like, the idea of of having, like, this sort of seemingly grown-up man doing, like, Appallingly useless fake crying in front of you and you just sort of have to sit there dutifully pretending like it's real. Like no all... one can even be bothered. This is like the tenth time it's happened.
1: But we've all been there, right? Like when say your kid's faking being sick to get out of school, but you you're worried that you'll send them and then they'll vomit, right? It's that kind of thing where you're like oh, I know you're lying, I know you're being fake, I know you're not really upset, Harrison, but I can't I don't want to be the person who's like your feelings aren't real, you know? So they just kind of, like, they keep... Yeah, shooting.
0: it's, it's a, it, you know, you are, like, in a bit of a bind in 2023 that, like, pretending that you, you, can't, you can't directly call them out. but there's just the quizzical looks. A supercut kind of all of Harrison's um, <laughs> emotions would be would be a thing to behold.
1: <laughs> and that's us. We wait to see what happens on the couch. Um, I honestly am, feel like and am terrified... <laughs> that Bronte and Harrison are going to stick around.
0: Well, it only takes one, right?
1: Yeah, it only takes one. And also it sounded to me like this was all part of the performance because at the beginning when they had um, a little meet-up on the couch before the dinner party and he wanted to go in as a united front, he almost said something to the effect of, like, you know, talking about the commitment ceremony and that perhaps they could work things out or something. So yeah. I just think the whole thing got a little bit out of control for him and he had to sort of stick with this because he couldn't turn her around. He had to stick with this we're breaking up thing. But I think when he broke up with her, it was all just part of the game and that it was part of the stringing her along, making her want him even more.
0: He just feels like such a dangerous
1: creature. He's a living nightmare. Lock him up now. And that's our podcast for the week. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Get well soon, Alex. Uh, thank you, Samuel. Thanks to the spinoff members. Please donate to the spinoff members.
0: Yeah, if you like the rail pod. And you do. Yeah, if you're still here, you you're really s- do. Yeah.
1: Please do it. Yeah, we mm. need it. We, need it. <laughs> we actually do, just quietly. Actually, <laughs> 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you all. Goodbye. See you next week. Hello, lover, I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz donate.
0: Kia ora e te iwi, te butler here, podcast
1: manager at The Spin-Off.